0: But I'm going to touch just a little bit to bring you up to speed where we've been last week. And what you see God doing today is, um, it's literally just the fruition of the word I'm about to preach. Which I love when God manifests himself first before we deliver the word. It's, It's just an illustration of what I'm going to preach today. So, I'm going to talk just a second, and then I'll get you up, and we'll read some Scripture. But at the first of every new year, we begin to think about change, don't we? We think about new habits. We think about new patterns. We think about new practices. And all of those things are in hopes of seeing new results. We make resolutions about health and fitness. Somebody talk to me. We make resolutions about finances. We make resolutions about work. Hopefully we make resolutions about church and our spiritual walk with Jesus. And we make resolutions about relationships and recreation, and I could go on and on and on. And if we could summarize or characterize our goals, it could be done so with the word that we began talking about last week, movement. Because we desire and we determine that we're going to make a move, right, to do something differently. As I told you last week, movement is defined as a series of organized activities working toward an objective. So we started out this series last week, We Need to Move. We talked about our need to move on. If you didn't get to be here, go back and listen to it. Catch yourself up. Movement is essential if we're going to reach our objective, which should be to become more like Jesus. It should be to grow spiritually It should be to mature and to fulfill God's divine purpose for our lives. And this leads me to the next move that I'm going to challenge you with today. And I want to talk to you today about our need, which some of you have already done this this morning, to move now. Look at your neighbor and say now. Now, I don't know if you have experienced it yet, but those of us who are in this room that are over 40, where's my people? Surely you'll attest to this phenomenon. Time flies. You wake up this morning, it's January the 14th, and if you're not careful, you'll turn around and you'll be waking up again, and it'll be January the 14th, right? And I don't think the issue here is that time is moving any faster. I think it's that we have become professional procrastinators in our spiritual lives. And there are hundreds of illustrations and scriptures about moving now that I could point to you today. But I want us to focus in, really hone in and focus on mainly just one this morning. I'm going to talk about a couple others, but just one. Look at it with me, first of all, if you'll stand all over the room in the book of Luke, chapter 18. I'm going to begin reading in verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus, the Nazarene, was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped. And he ordered that the man be brought to him. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, All right. Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, say instantly. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God. Now watch this. And all who saw it, including those who told him to be quiet, including those who told him to shut up, all who saw it praised God too. The Lord will help me. I'll try to do this quickly. I know you've been here a while already, but I believe the Lord wants you to hear this word today. Part two of this sermon series, we're going to talk today about move now. Move now. One more time, pray with me and for me. Father, thank you so much for your awesome presence that has filled this room today. Lord, I I thank you for your word that, that we have now read. God, let me back up and say I thank you, Lord, for for Amberly for giving her life to you today, for another soul added to the kingdom. I thank you for Brendan being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, in advance for multiple healings that I'm believing have taken place today as we prayed according to your word. But, Lord, today I thank you now for this word that's been read. And I pray for the next few moments. That, Lord, you would decrease me until I am nothing. That your Holy Spirit might be increased within me. Lord, help me today that I wouldn't deliver my words at all, but that it would be your word. And that it would not come forth with man's wisdom, but that your word would come forth today in the power and the demonstration of your spirit. Lord, I ask you to anoint every ear in this room and watching online to hear today. Every heart to receive today what it is that you are speaking to your people and we'll give you the glory the honor and the praise for it in advance in the mighty name of Jesus we pray and everybody said amen Amen. you may be seated thank you pastor Nicholas if you appreciate this worship team and band give them a big hand this morning we are so blessed I want to go now and I want to read this same account of this same story This will comfort some of you all to know. How many knows that when somebody tells you a story, when somebody else comes to you and tells you about the same event, there's always a few discrepancies, right? Everybody tells their own version. Well, you'll be glad to know that that even happened with the Gospels. Some of you may not realize that, but it did. I want to read the same account of the same story from Mark's Gospel, beginning in, in verse 46 of chapter 10. It says, Then they reached Jericho... And as Jesus and his disciples left town, as they left town, uh, Luke said, as they went into town. But Mark said, as they left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. So far, this is all the same, except one said as he was coming in, one said as he was going out. Son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus, this is something different. You didn't hear this from Luke's account. But Mark said, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and he came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And once again, we see instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Now, Mark gives us a little more information. And he says that as Jesus enters uh, Jericho, but there's no mention of a blind man being on the road. But Mark says that later, as Jesus is leaving Jericho, the blind man is there. Now, first of all, I'm not exactly sure who's telling the story exactly right. How many knows that's easy to happen even nowadays, right? You know, when you hear a story from people, there's usually one side, the other side, and the right side. Say amen, somebody. But Mark says that as Jesus is leaving, the blind man is there. So let's say that Mark is right this morning. I can't prove to you that he enters and exits Jericho the same exact way. I just know that if I'm going to go from Corbin to London, I enter and exit the same exact way. Anybody else a creature of habit? If I go 25, I come home 25. Somebody talk to me. If I go I-75, I come home I-75. The rest of you all, if you don't do that, there's something wrong with you. You messed up. You don't know which way to go. But I can't prove to you that Jesus enters and exits Jericho the same way. But if he did, let's assume that he did, then that means the blind man has already had to make a move. Are you with me, somebody? To get to where Jesus is going to pass by. I want you to think about the implications of this account, of this story. A blind man receives his sight, his ultimate healing, because he is willing to make a move. But if that move wasn't enough, there's another move made. See, what if the blind man had done like a lot of church folk do and he had succumbed to the pressure to be quiet? Mm. What if the blind man had accepted his situation? What if the blind man squelched his own desperation in an effort just to fit in with the church of the first self-righteous? What if the blind man had decided I'd rather live with what I've got rather than do something uncomfortable to get what I need? And so I submit to you this morning that that blind man's willingness to move at the moment Jesus was within hearing range is essential and it's paramount in this story. See, if he had waited one minute... If he had waited one hour, if he had waited one day, one week, one month, or even one year, he would have completely missed his opportunity for healing. So if you missed your opportunity this morning, if you'll stick around, you'll have another one at the altar call. Say amen, somebody. But what this blind man does is he makes a move in order to position himself into a place that he is able to move and plead with Jesus and be there when he passes by. Oh, I'm going to talk to somebody this morning. Some of y'all need to position yourself into a place so that you can be where Jesus is when he's passing by. Somebody said it don't matter if I go to church or if I watch online. I love y'all. Everybody else, help me say, we love y'all. But if you're not careful, you'll miss your opportunity to be in the room when Jesus is passing by. It's one thing to be in the room when Jesus is passing by, but it's another thing to be watching from another room when Jesus is passing by. He makes a move to position himself so that he can plead for what he needs. And not only does he do that, Mark said that he threw aside his coat. He jumped up and he came to Jesus. I want to ask you this morning, what are you missing out on because you're waiting to move? What are you missing because you are unwilling to move now? What is it that you are missing because you aren't in position when Jesus passes by? What are you missing because you've become so comfortable with your situation that you won't even plead your case? That you won't even throw aside what's weighing you down? (laughs) Mark said he threw off his coat. And he jumped up and he went to Jesus. What is it that you won't even throw aside what's weighing you down? Jump up and run to Jesus. See, Bartimaeus had something the church is missing today. Is it all right if I preach to us this morning? Bartimaeus had a sense of urgency. Bartimaeus had a sense of desperation. Some of y'all felt that sense this morning when the Lord was moving and I was acting like a wild man. Some of y'all may have never seen that before. That's okay. Hang around. You're liable to see a lot more in 2024. Well, I'm a poet and didn't even know it. Praise the Lord. I didn't even intend for that one. You might see even more in 2024. Listen, I'm not ashamed of the presence and the power of God. You don't come too late to tell me none of this is necessary. You're looking at somebody who spoke to a devil that was trying to take my life over 17 years ago and said, I shall not die, but I will live and declare the works of the Lord. The church is missing a sense of, of desperation and a sense of urgency. The apostle Paul even expressed this same sense of desperation and urgency when he said in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, therefore, we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us, what do he say? Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the what? The what? The sin that so easily trips us up. And let us do what? Run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Have we forgotten in the church that this thing is a race? Hmm. See, I think in a lot of churches in the worldwide church, we have. We've forgotten... That this thing is a race. See, when you're in a race, anybody ever been in a race? Let me see your hands. When you're in a race, you don't have time to wait around for anything. Not only if you're going to win the race, but if you're just going to make it to the finish line. Anybody besides me ever been the fat kid last to the finish line? Some of y'all won't admit that, but I ain't the only one. If you're going to make it to the finish line, you can't wait. You don't have time to wait. You have to move now. Not only do you have to move now, you got to keep moving. If you stumble Somebody hear me this morning. If you stumble and you fall, you get back up and you keep running the race. Then if you get tripped up and you fall, you get back up and you keep running the race. I don't care how many times you fall. As long as every time you fall, you get back up and stay in the race. But where's our sense of urgency? Where's our sense of desperation? I will tell you this morning desperation has an expiration date. you got to respond in time and on time. And I'm not much of a point preacher, but I did when I outlined this message. I'm going to talk about three points today. I want you to know three things. First of all, if you're writing them down, delay destroys desperation. Delay destroys desperation. Spiritual hesitation will destroy spiritual hunger. If you're hungry to be filled with the Holy Spirit, don't sit around and wait and say, I'll go next week. Today might be your day. If you're hungry to get things in your life right with God, don't say, I'll wait until next week to pray. I got to do this this week. No, today is the day of salvation. Go ahead and do it today and then God will change what you think you're going to work out and fix this week. You can't fix it on your own anyway desperation, there's an expiration date on your desperation. Because of the focus of a new year, or maybe the distaste that's left by the old year, we long for something more and for something new. But if we wait too long to make a move, then we will, you hear me, we will naturally fill that void that we have with something else. We will naturally allow cheap substitutes to distract or dull our desperation until we sit where we are and die. See, if we're being real this morning and being honest, we have a tendency as our carnality has a tendency to slip back into old patterns, to slip back into mediocrity, to slip back into less than levels that we have become comfortable with. We must move now. The time for the church to move is now. We need to move now. We don't need to delay. Listen, how long are we going to let this world raise our children with their ideology? It's time that the church get up and move now. We got to capitalize on that hunger now. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but this world is hungry We are seeing people every single week. It blows my mind. Does it blow anybody else's mind? Every single week, last Sunday we came in at 8.45, we had somebody give her life to Jesus. She was back here worshiping at 8.45 this morning. At 11 o'clock, we had two more give their lives to Jesus. uh, Then on Monday, we had another man come and give his life to Jesus. On Monday in my office, we've come now today. There's already been one over here give her life to Jesus, one that's been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe a multitude of others that are receiving their healings in the name of Jesus. The time is now people are hungry now they're not looking for some program they're not looking for some formality they're not looking for a well put together church service well I'm glad I write Darla a check she's helping me amen they're not looking for a well-put-together church service. They're looking for something. They're hungry for something that will change their lives. we got to allow that desperation to grow rather than to be drowned out. That's why if at the first of the year you feel inclined towards spiritual growth, then don't delay. If you are aware of your need for Jesus in your life this morning, don't delay. Don't put it off. Today is the day of salvation. And if you are going through something and you're fed up, does anybody ever just get fed up with the devil? And you're fed up with the devil. You know what you need to do? You need to move now. You need to cry out now. You need to stop worrying about what everybody around you thinks and get a hold of God now. (laughs) Secondly, Delay is deadly. Delay is deadly. I want us to read out of Mark chapter 6, beginning with verse 47. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble. Remember that. He saw that they were in serious trouble. I'm going to trip you up right here. Rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning... Jesus came toward them. Nicholas preached a message a while back. Look it up on Facebook. It was great. The 3 a.m. experience. Was that the title of it? Great message. Look it up. That didn't cost you anything. Free advertisement for Pastor Nicholas. The 3 a.m. experience. It was great. 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. Watch this. Let me back up and say it again. 48. He saw that they were in serious trouble. Now let's read the end of verse 48. He intended to go past them. Where's that crowd of people that say, Oh, God would never do that? God would never do that. He intended to go past them. But when they saw him walking on the water, they what? They what? They cried out in terror. They didn't just cry out. Where are y'all at this morning? It said they cried out in terror. Anybody ever been in trouble and you needed help? Serious trouble and you needed help. Did you stand back and go, help me? Somebody help me. I, I need you to help me. Did you do that? Not me. If I'm going down, everybody in Corbin's gonna know it. Help! I told you about my neighbor walking her dog. How many members of that story? They cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed in the boat. And the wind stopped. And they were totally amazed. I ask you this morning. What if the disciples hadn't cried out to Jesus when they were struggling in the boat in the storm? I'll tell you what would have happened. He'd have kept on going. Did you hear what I just said? He'd have kept on going. So I don't care what your attitude is. I don't care if you think it's not necessary or not. I don't really care about what your ideology is about how we ought to have church or what you think is in order and what you think is out of order. What I really care about is if Jesus is passing by, I'm going to get his attention. If Jesus is passing by, I don't want to stay in the trouble and the turmoil that I'm in. If Jesus is passing by, I'm going to cry out so that he'll step in the boat with me and the winds will calm and the waves will cease. I ask you this morning, what would have happened if they hadn't cried out? He'd have walked right on past them and they quite possibly would have sunk. What would have happened with the woman with the issue of blood if she hadn't pushed through the crowd to touch Jesus? I'm about to preach to some dignified Pentecostals this morning. Or maybe not Pentecostals. Actually, anymore, we're by majority. We're not Pentecostal. We just, for some reason, like Pentecost because we keep coming back, but most of us didn't come from a Pentecostal background. But what if we decided, I don't really care what anybody else thinks. I see the crowd, but I see in the middle of that crowd, there's Jesus. I can't get to him for all the people around him, but I'm just going to get down and crawl. Because I know if I crawl through the crowd, when I get to him, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I don't need much. I just need to get a hold. Woo! My God, do you feel what I'm feeling this morning? Get a hold of Jesus. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. What would have happened if that woman hadn't done that? I'll tell you what would have happened. She'd have lived sick. Did you hear me? She'd have lived sick. What if Peter, somebody said, I didn't know what in the world was happening When people was falling to the floor up here. I know you did. Because I saw some. You can read about it in the word. It's called being slain in the spirit. The Bible said when Peter was praying, he fell into a trance. He fell backwards into a trance. He was slain in the spirit and he had a vision from the Lord. That's what happened this morning. People were slain in the Spirit. It's all right. Say amen, somebody. But what if Peter hadn't stepped out of the boat at Jesus' command to walk on the water? I like to think about this. What if Peter did like some of y'all do and sat back and said, That's pretty cool, but I ain't going to try it today. I think I'll wait. What if Peter had waited... And tried to walk on the water six weeks later. I ain't gonna do it, I'll hurt myself. (laughs) It's exactly what Peter would have done if he'd have delayed and waited six weeks later. He probably would have drowned. Why, Pastor? Because delay is deadly. If you delay, then you'll quiet down into sightlessness, if you delay, you'll sink into struggle. If you delay, then you might even bleed right back into bondage. Do you hear me this morning? If you delay, then you might remain safely in the boat of sameness. See, some people, I believe, get comfortable with being stuck in the same old rut. If you delay, you might dwell safely in the boat of sameness, but not me. I'm going to move now. I don't want to stay like I am. I want all God has for me. I'm going to move out now. It's been said that the devil's in the details, but I beg to differ. I believe the devil's in delay. Because if he can convince you to put off your desperate pursuit of Jesus and his will for your life, then you will walk in utter defeat. You say, Pastor, I don't know about that. Hey, ask the children of Israel what happened when they delayed. They could see the promised land. But they got to wander around for 40 years because they hesitated. Delay is deadly. And thirdly, desperation is disruptive to those who are satisfied, safe, and stuck. Let me say that again. Desperation is disruptive to those who are satisfied, safe, or stuck. See... Those who are satisfied will try to silence you. This is my third and final point, so stay with me. Those who are satisfied or feel safe, they'll try to silence you. They will be appalled and even repelled by your desperation. See, they are satisfied, they feel safe, and they're stuck. And some people, can I preach to us for just a minute? think that God can only move inside of the confines of the box that we draw for him. Hmm. Some people think, "Oh, we got to draw this box out. This is how it's got to look." This is what this is what they got to dress like. Y'all ain't going to help me up in here today. I'll go to this side. This is what it's got to sound like. This these are the songs that we got to sing. Listen, I like the new stuff, but I also got stirred up in my house on Friday afternoon singing an old song that my pastor's wife sung when I was growing up. Because at the end of the day, what, what matters most is that people touch Jesus. I don't care what style the music is. I don't care how the worship team dresses. As long as it's in decency and modesty, let me throw that in there. And I don't care what kind of method we use to deliver the message. As long as the message is still the same, we must get people to Jesus. Those people think God can only move in the confines of that box that they draw. But you know what? They aren't the one sick. They aren't the one going through what you're going through. They aren't the ones starving to death. They aren't the ones wondering where the next meal's coming from. They're not the ones wondering where the finances are going to come from. Now, some pastoral teaching, Jamie, it might not be wisdom to spend it on a birthday, but thank God that he moved. Say amen, somebody. Jamie said, I'll thank you later, Pastor. Pastor. They're not the ones struggling with what you're struggling with. So let them sit quietly and let Jesus pass them by if that's what they want. But if you want out of your mess, I feel the Lord this morning. If you want out of your trouble, if you want victory over that situation, if you want healing in your body, if you want your finances restored, if you want your marriage restored, if you want your home restored, if you want your children saved, if you want your business, God, to touch your business, then you've got to determine, I don't care what the safe, the stuck think. I'm going to cry out while Jesus is passing by. As they come to the music this morning People won't like it When you cry out But cry out anyway People won't like it When you press in But press in anyway People won't like The delivered Where's Brendan? People won't like The delivered version of you Stay delivered anyway I'm just gonna tell you something, Brendan told me in my office a few weeks ago, because not only was he a drug addict, you can come on up, I ain't gonna knock you back down. Not only was he a drug addict, he was a drug dealer. And he said, think about this, some of y'all think you financial world's been rocked. He said, Pastor, don't get me wrong, I'm thankful that even as a convicted felon that God would bless me and give me a job making $20 plus an hour. I'm thankful. But he said, do you know how hard it is to live on that when you've been used to living on a couple grand a day? Life may look different, huh, but you just started living. Yeah. Hmm. And I believe if he remains faithful, God's gonna do something that's gonna blow all of our minds. People won't like the delivered version of you, but get delivered anyway. You know what? People, church people, some church people might think you're needy. They might think you're pushy. They might think you're too persistent. But can I tell you this morning the church needs some folks that will interrupt I said the church needs some folks that will interrupt what do you mean pastor listen I've had it up to here with programs and agendas the church needs some people that will interrupt this is a church that God is always welcome to interrupt our plans But in order to interrupt, you've got to be willing to move. Yeah, I know what you went through. What you see now, what you feel now is real. But Jesus is passing by. He's already been passing by here today. I don't believe he's left either. Jesus is passing by. And will you make a move? Will you settle, I'll let you testify for the altar service, okay? Will you settle into sameness? When I open the altar, Rachel, I'll let you speak. Will you settle into sameness? Are you going to accept your sickness? Are you going to accept failure? Are you going to accept being stuck? I'm going to encourage you this morning, and I, I never say anything like this. And I don't know what else to call it, but I'm going to call it this. I'm going to give you permission to have a little spiritual self-centeredness this morning. Is that all right? I hope so. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, is there anybody else in the house this morning that is so committed to your own wholeness? So committed to your own wellness. So committed to your miracle? So committed to your breakthrough so committed to that one thing you wrote down on your card to give to God this year that you are willing to do whatever it takes, even if it includes making those around you uncomfortable, even if it includes people not liking the delivered version of you, even if it includes making less money or losing some friends, you're willing to do whatever it takes to get to Jesus. Is there anybody else? Anybody? I'm giving you permission this morning. But in order to do that, you got to move now. Stay with me all over this room. Go ahead, Rachel, share quickly what the Lord's giving you. So God put it on my heart to kind of read this scripture. Um, it comes from Ephesians 6:10. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Yes. Put on your full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against right. the authorities, against the powers of darkness, dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Yes, stand. Thank you. Stand. I ask you this morning, are you tired of waiting? Because delay is deadly. If you aren't where you need to be with Jesus this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed all over this room, if you say, Pastor, I don't even fully understand everything that's happened in this room today, but I know that I'm not positive. I'm not 100% sure that if I went out into eternity today, I'm not 100% sure that I would make heaven my home. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up, please? Nobody's looking. Just slip your hand up and put it back down. Yes, thank you. Not 100% sure I'd make heaven my home. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Anybody else this morning? I'm not 100% sure that I would make heaven my home. Second Corinthians 6 and 2 said today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Today is the day of rededication. Maybe you say, I've been saved before today's the day that you can rededicate your life when this altar is open or if you want to come on right now don't delay because delay is deadly go ahead and cry out while he's passing by he will I promise you he will not deny you anybody else in the room this morning I love it that I put this in my message and then and then it just happened some some of you men come pray with Jesse this morning I, I put it in my message this morning and then it happened Do you desire to be filled with the Spirit of the Lord? you got to desire it before you'll ever receive it. Say amen, somebody. The 120 who gathered together in the upper room decided that the time was now. They weren't leaving until it came. That's why they were there a little while. But if you're hungry and thirsty for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't put it off one more day and think, I'm going to wait and pray for it next time. No, your time is now. I said your time is now. And if that's your heart's desire this morning, step out from where you are and come to this altar. There'll be some folks that'll meet you here to pray. And we'll believe God for you to be filled with the presence and the power of God. Anybody this morning. It's something that we should hunger and thirst for. I said it's something we should hunger and thirst for. Come on. Come on. Thank you. Come on. Can I get some prayer warriors to pray with these? Anybody else this morning? I want to be filled with the presence and the power of God. Somebody to pray with this young lady. Everybody find somebody. Don't leave anybody unattended. Come on, guys. Need some men to pray with these guys right here, please. I want to ask the rest of you this morning, do you... If you're still responding to that keep coming but the rest of you do you have a need in your life that you need the Lord to move on a situation that you need him to move in more than likely he's just waiting on you to get desperate enough to make the first move so don't put it off and it might seem a little risky now but if you'll make the first move and if you'll cry out everybody who sees what Jesus does even those who might felt like you were pushy you were loud you were obnoxious whatever they want to think. They'll praise God with you when they see what Jesus does in your life. I want to close with this today. I want you to notice two things. Those of you that aren't praying, direct your attention to the screen. Luke 18 and verse 40. you got to notice something here. When Jesus heard him, he stopped in order that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, what does that indicate? He had to move. As the man came near, Mark 10 and verse 50, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. He jumped up, And he came to Jesus. He moved. You won't get it unless you move. But if you need it, the time to move is right now.